Welcome to Faith Designs Podcast. My name is Tyler Bublitz, and welcome back to the second Sunday after Pentecost for the week of June 6, 2021, and I'm excited to have you here. I'm excited to dig in this week's podcast, and I'm excited because this is a very difficult week. This is a week to me where, again, we're not talking doctrine like we were last week, but it's just... Hard to put all these pieces together, but what's so exciting about it is when you're able to. And I think this week, especially as we now start entering where we have the alternative first reading, which either is semi-continuous or you can follow more what we typically do where we kind of bounce around a little bit. And this then kind of opens up, I think, such a fun part of the year where we can have a semi-continuous section of scripture, which then to me, kind of helps us fill in a section of gospel that we are maybe not as familiar with and kind of walk us through just like we are the Israelites and being able to sit there and recognize and walk through it with them and realize that this isn't that much different than our own lives. So that's one of the things that gets me so excited about this time of year as we now have more readings, we have more to dig into more things to be able to pull out, but I think it's also really just fun to think about and to deal with. So let's jump into the Twitter question from last week, which was, how do you see the triune God in all its parts? One of the things last week we talked a little bit about RGB and how we utilize RGB to be able to see the different parts in the screen and how the combination of red, green, blue help as each pixel lights up. One of the things I don't feel I said enough and really brought out enough is the amazing part is how many pixels there are on the screen. And that even in those moments when you're having issue seeing the color or being able to be fully bright, that you're then able to have tons of other pixels around you. I mean, when you look at a 1080p screen, it's 1080 pixels wide. And so there's all those pixels to help bring out whatever the color is. You're seeing so much based off of the amount of pixels and that we're kind of working together to get that picture. And I think that's one of the things that's really beautiful about that. Seeing the triune God, I think in a lot of ways, like I kind of mentioned last week also, looking at water, looking at fire, looking at all these different things that rely on three different parts and how we as humans start recognizing and working with multiple other people, like what we hear where two or three are gathered, there I am also. The idea of us working together to be able to create something or seeing something out in nature. So let's just jump into the text this week. And I think like I kind of explained, we're going to have to break this down a little bit differently than we normally do. So we're going to have the first reading and the psalm that are together, and then we'll end up doing that again for the semi-continuous, and then kind of go from there. So, the first reading this week is from 1 Samuel chapter 8, verses 4 to 11, optionally 12 to 15, then 16 to 20, and optionally verse 11, chapter 14 and 15. This is a really kind of interesting point to be jumping into scripture. So we have Samuel has been getting up in age and has been this great prophet for the people of Israel. In this time, the kind of rulers, the ones who are kind of helping the tribes of Israel were these judges. And Samuel has some of his sons as these judges that are 
helping with this leadership. The people are kind of coming to him and saying, we want a king. That's all the nations around us have this king. We're seeing that your sons aren't worthy of the position where you're at. They've been taking bribes and all these different things that have been coming to light. We want a king. Samuel then prays to God and God kind of reiterates to the people, you do not want a king. It's going to bring all these hardships. You're going to find all these things that you're not going to want. And yet the people are persistent. And so then the last couple verses we get in chapter 11 is essentially them celebrating this new king, Saul, that they will have. And as we will see, Saul does a couple good things initially, ends up being a not that great of a king, and kind of, again, what God had proclaimed and warned us about comes into happening. The psalm that goes with that is Psalm 138. And this is a psalm of praise. This is a psalm of recognizing all the different ways that God continues to provide for us and continues to be there for us. And kind of the verse that ties in, though I walk through, though I walk in the midst of trouble, you preserve me against the wrath of my enemies. You stretch out your hand and your right hand delivers me. Verse seven. So the idea of We continue to give praise to God because even as we mess up, even as we realize of all the power and all the things that God does, God continues to be with us as long as we continue to walk with him. The alternative first reading this week is from Genesis chapter 3 verses 8 to 15. So this text then comes out of Genesis 1 and 2, the two different kind of creation stories that we have. We have Adam and Eve at this point working the garden and trying to name all the different animals and such. And it jumps right in here in verse 8. They heard the sound of the Lord walking in the garden at the time of the evening breeze. And the man and the wife hid themselves from the presence of God among the trees in the garden. And I feel that there's a lot in this text. First and foremost, that they heard and recognized the sound of the Lord walking in the garden. This is something that has happened before. This is something that they recognize. That they have been in close proximity to God to understand and to recognize that sound. And to me, I think that's really neat. I think it's also really telling. The second then, that they hid themselves, and this is where they get into this text of they eat of the tree of knowledge And then the man kind of says, well, the woman gave it to me, which I think is a dangerous theology. And then the woman kind of then saying it was a serpent who convinced me to eat of this fruit. And so then we get God coming in as punishment. And if we continued on here, we get the punishment of the ground, we get the punishment of the serpent, and we get the punishment to us that we are kicked out of this paradise. And I think with that, It's not really the woman's fault, I think, in a lot of ways. I think a lot of it comes back to the man just wanting to pass the blame and God asking the man first in this case, being that their relationship was slightly longer in this case. And I think it also just kind of shows our human nature and how often we like passing the buck. We like passing it on to something else. And at some point, we have to take responsibility for what we did, whether male or female. And I think that's one of the things that's really interesting when this is kind of understanding that God still loves us, but yet still has to put down punishment. So the psalm that ties with this text is Psalm 130. And this makes some sense, or first line of verse 1, 
Out of the depths I cry to you, this psalm of not quite lament, but recognizing that God is the one who is working with us and loves us still, but is able to help get us out of these different situations as long as we are asking for forgiveness. This place of the forgiving God that we're learning about, that we're seeing, that we're able to recognize that. The second reading is out of 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 13 to chapter 5, verse 1. It's only an additional five or six verses here, but this is really interesting. We're going to be in 2 Corinthians here for five weeks. But again, it's that we are still trying to understand the grace of what God and Jesus are about. And that the forgiveness that comes to us is something that even as we are going through struggles of this life, even as we are going through affliction, to realize that God is going to continue to provide for us as long as we are continuing to follow. And even as we may not see it at this moment because we can't see the whole picture, God is still working. And that's where faith comes in to take that leap of faith to understand that at some point, hopefully, we'll be able to kind of better understand what God was doing at that time in that place, even when we cannot see it. Really neat passage there. The gospel text this week is out of Mark chapter 3, verses 20 to 35. This text, you almost need to give a little bit of backstory of what's all been going on. It's reminding us that Jesus has kind of been showing, even from chapter 1, that he's redefining family. We just came out of a healing a man on the Sabbath, which is kind of a big no-no, and in the culture at that time, and also that we had Jesus calling his disciples right before this. So there's a crowd gathered around them, and people, including his family, are saying that Jesus is just out of his mind, and that you're having then the scribes also kind of on him. Jesus then responds with to all this noise because he was casting out demons. How does Satan cast out Satan? A kingdom divided against itself, that kingdom cannot stand. And if a house is divided against itself, that house will not be able to stand. If Satan has risen up against himself and is divided, he cannot stand. But his end has come. This idea of how, and we get kind of the verse that a lot of people kind of plug into is verse 27 of if you're going to steal or a home invasion against the strong man, that you first have to tie up the strong man. And especially in Mark's gospel, this is, again, kind of foretelling where we're going to be going with Jesus's ministry. But it's Jesus then here at the end of this, recognizing that his brothers and sisters are the ones that are around him. Even though his mother and brothers and sister are outside of the temple of where he is, He's saying, though, that the people around me are my brothers and sisters, redefining a little bit of what that family is. But again, in this recognizing how we are seeing Jesus totally upend authority at this moment, saying that, yes, you're following the law technically, but I'm here to show you what we're not just living by the law. We're also now living in this what God is intending us to be. It's yes, to take a day and keep it Sabbath and keep holy as a remembrance, but that does not mean that you can't continue to do the work of the ministry. And so here we have Jesus kind of upending everything that is known at this point in life. 
And it's really interesting, really something we'll dive a little bit more into. Before we jump into how faith and science come together this week, we have to do our shameless little plug for Working Preacher. If you have interest in Working Preacher, I'd highly recommend it between their Sermon Brainwaves podcast, their commentaries, their discussions. Since I'm not an ordained minister, I use them on a weekly basis to help bring you this podcast. Additionally, I really like using lectionary.library.vanderbilt.edu based on that has art and how different people have interpreted these different texts along with having a great section to be able to look at all these different texts together in one spot. So if you haven't checked out these two resources, workingpreacher.org or the Revised Common Lectionary coming out of Vanderbilt, I'd highly recommend them. There's a lot going on here. There's a lot of different parts here of God that we're trying to understand. A lot of different elements that we're trying to rationalize. God the warner coming from the first Samuel text. God, the person who deserves our praise, the Psalm 138. God, the person who has to lay down punishment, coming from the Genesis text. God, the one we cry out to and realize that is almost a comforter, Psalm 130. The God that is with us even when we don't necessarily see it, the Second Corinthians text. And the God who is changing and pushing us and challenging us in how we look at authority and how we look at the world as we have constructed it. A lot of questioning, a lot of challenging, a lot of pushing us to think outside the box. To me, this sounds like science in and of itself. The idea of science is to acquire knowledge. But to acquire knowledge, we have to be observant. We have to try figuring out ways to explore, to better understand what we are actually seeing, run multiple tests to be able to confirm what we are seeing, trying to control the variables so that we can make sure that we are seeing what we are seeing to help us further understand our world around us. A few weeks ago, we talked about murons and how physics is going through some potential upheaval where they're going to look at potentially some more forces that are in our world with murons. And we talked about that this was a science experiment originally 20 years ago that had some promising potential that maybe something was going on here and that recently in April that they had a published paper essentially confirming that, yes, we ran this again and we saw that. And even though there is still some doubts, even though that we are still trying to understand fully what this all means, there is potential of us opening up our minds to understanding more of the forces within this universe. And I'll attach a video from down below of Neil deGrasse Tyson kind of talking about this. And when we're thinking about this, how we're contemplating what this means for us, to me that this fits perfectly with these texts. These texts this week are difficult because it's challenging us to expand our vision of God. Not trying to put God into, especially after working with the triune God last week, trying to put God into a little box. Trying to say like, God, you know, coming out of the first Samuel text, God, we have this really great idea. What you have kind of commanded us to do with these judges, we're seeing problems with it. We're recognizing that this just really isn't working that well for us. We see everyone else around us doing really well with this whole king idea. Can we just do that? 
And God's saying in kind of digging into, no, this really isn't that great of an idea. You're really not going to like this that well. Trust me on this. I know this better than you do. And yet we continue to persist and move forward. And as you go through 1 Samuel, we realize that how bad of an idea kings are. And it kind of pushes us toward division in a lot of ways. And we look at the Old Testament and how, you know, David was a great king. Solomon had some moments. But we also have so many kings that just come along that just really, they're power thirsty. And remember, coming off of the Ten Commandments, we shall have no other gods before me. They get into this mindset, this idea of having that they are God. And that's part of what was the downfall of that. When we're looking at the text here, when we're giving praise to God, because it's recognizing that we don't have all the answers, recognizing that we don't understand everything. And even as we understand more, it still raises more questions that we don't understand. And we've talked about this multiple times on the podcast. Any good experiment leads to more questions because of the answer. When we're looking at new science and potentially new science, and we got to continue to run the experiment, right now, in a lot of ways within the physics world, they're going through this and being like, ooh, okay, we're going to run this again and see if we can get, again, confirmed results that are showing this. But if this happens, what does this mean? If we figure out this new force, what does that force mean? How does that affect things? How does that change our principles of how we understand things. This is exactly what this week is all about. Just as science pushes us and challenges us to reimagine the world around us, this text this week is that as long as you abide with me, I'm going to shake things up for you. I'm going to challenge you and push you in ways that you're not necessarily expecting. Think about it from this perspective. When we first started developing cellular devices that we carried along with us, cell phones, right? What we know as the modern cell phone, the mobile phone. If you had told somebody in the early 90s when a lot of these started coming out, that it would lead to having mass communication, not only with other people, but with information. I think a lot of people would have struggled with that idea because the internet was so young in its ideas. And if you started trying to flesh out what the internet is now, as it had initially come out, we wouldn't understand. It would be hard to contemplate and to just wrap your head around if someone had come into the early 90s and shown what we can do now. That's 30 years ago, folks. How much our world has changed just in 30 years? My question to us is, how much has our understanding of God grown in that same period of time? These are texts to help us challenge and grow within our own faith and to challenge ourselves to connect with God at a deeper level and realize, okay, there's going to be times where you're going to be wondering what is going on, but trust me, I'm in control here. I have a plan. It's just a question of will you continue to follow it? It's just like when you're at Ikea or whatever and you're building up that furniture, that toy for the child at Christmas. There are directions, but will you follow them? The other thing we do have to kind of recognize here is the Mark text. First, recognizing the Sabbath. But Jesus kind of pushing forward on that, pushing that a little bit further, saying just because it's the Sabbath doesn't mean we can't heal. And this is in Jerusalem, the big authorities here of their society, the temple, and they're kind of questioning, who is this guy? He's really pushing us. He's changing the healthcare system. 
Because remember, at this point, it's the temples that are recognizing who's clean and who's unclean. And suddenly, Jesus casting out demons is taking that away. We never get a definition in these texts on what is the demon. Is the demon in our time and sometimes just our thoughts that this is the way that the world is supposed to be and not being open to new ideas? Is that sometimes a demon? I don't know. Jesus then redefining that family is the ones who are around him. Verse 31, Then his mothers and brothers came, and standing outside, they called to him. A crowd was sitting around him, and they said, Your mother and brothers and sisters are outside and asking for you. He replied, Who are my mother and my brothers? And looking at those who sat around him, he said, Here is my mother and brothers. Whoever does the will of God is my brother and sister and mother. Understanding that in that statement, we, as long as we are doing the will of God, are sitting beside Jesus. And it's this family at this point that had said that he had gone out of his mind. This is early in his ministry. They didn't understand what he was doing. Jesus saying, sometimes to do the will of God, it's going to look weird in your human societies. But realize there's something greater than what's going on with you. The science of adding a new force into our understanding of how the universe works is a little crazy. But it'll be an exciting ride to watch here over the next few years, decade, to see what comes of it. See what we learn and understand. And how does that change things? We talked a couple weeks back about rediscovery of an owl species we hadn't seen in over 125 years. If we're able to figure out what it eats and able to figure out what its call is and now realizing that they're around, can we learn something more? And what does that lead us into understanding? What things have we missed out on because we haven't been keen and observant to that species? You see, brothers and sisters, a lot of this is being observant. A lot of this is being awake and paying attention and that being open enough to understand that God has plans and that we're listening to them. And yet we see in the first Samuel text and the Genesis text that our will is to do our thing. And that's the hard thing with having free will. We're trying to follow God, but also sometimes our will gets in the way. That's what makes it so difficult. But if we are truly Christians and following the will of God, we have to continue down that rabbit hole and continue to trust and follow God and realize that God does have our best intentions in mind. It's easy in this case of what's going on in physics to overlook that and say, well, we haven't been using that and recognizing that. Why would we even pursue that? Because the test is going to be really expensive to run again. Why would he even do that? We've been working well with what we understand because that's not how God designed us. God designed us, I would argue, in a lot of ways to be curious and that if there's something potentially going on here, let's see if we can understand it and maybe we'll understand something deeper. So the Twitter question that I have for you this week is, have you been curious with God? Have you been willing to dig deeper and where has that led you? If you had told me three and a half years ago that I'd still be doing this podcast, I would say I hope so. But I also didn't realize what that all meant when I first started it. I was a little naive. I also listened back to some of the early ones, and there's a lot of things that are good. There's a lot of things that also I would say I needed to work on. But now I have that insight to be able to say that. It's something because I've traveled down this road and traveled this journey that I can say that and recognize places where I would do something a little bit differently now. We have to realize with God, a lot of times when we're called, we don't necessarily know the end result. And that's where faith comes in. We have to have the faith to trust God. 
We see in these texts that how often we put ourselves in the place where we don't trust. We don't want to have the faith. We want to question, and there's healthy questioning, but there's also a point where we have to, if we are a believer in Christ, follow and understand where God is leading. Sometimes it takes a lot of prayer to decipher that, and sometimes it might sound crazy, but it's recognizing that God still is there and God still is leading. And that's the power of everything. We look at Jesus's ministry and right at this moment, his family is questioning everything that he's doing. The scribes and the authorities are questioning what he's doing and he doesn't lose heart because he knows that God is with him and that God will continue to provide. And he knows that also that's what God has called him to do. I think one of the things within our own lives that a lot of times we struggle with figuring out exactly what God is calling us to do and really what it takes is a lot of prayer. What it takes is being around other brothers and sisters who are in the faith to continue to help steer, help pull out strengths, help recognize the different things and where you're going and to keep you from going too far off the deep end. It's one of the things I really do enjoy about science is it continues to challenge us and to have us think and move forward. Because if we're constantly discovering in discoveries, we have to learn, we have to grow, we have to modify our thoughts and ideas to how does this work now? As we continue to grow and understand in our faith in God, the same should be happening. So we'll wrap this up as we always do. I pray God blesses you through your faith and amazes you through science.